This episode may include topics, references, or discussions around sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, or subject matters that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. We do acknowledge that this content may be difficult. We also encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities. Eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States. Their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Salam. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello to our listeners, particularly the boys and men who support and believe in girls and women. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, greeting you and welcoming you to She Talks Peace. My partner Dina can join us today from Malaysia. Dina, here's a shout out. I hope your meeting is very, very successful. Call me later. Well, my friends, you may have heard already that recently a giant of musicals and Broadway passed away. Stephen Sondheim died on November 26 at the age of 91. And Broadway stars paid tribute to him. Stars let you know, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Hugh Jackman, or better known as Wolverine in the Marvel Universe, Barbara Streisand, even the Philippines' very own Leia Salonga tweeted, rest in peace, Stephen Sondheim, and thank you for your vast contributions to musical theater. We shall be singing your songs forever. And she said, oh, my heart hurts. You know, I've loved Sondheim's music from the very first time I heard West Side Story. I was very young at the time, um, maybe senior high school. And Muslim communities in Mindanao were beginning to feel the impact of the armed clashes between the MNLF and the military. So I really, really felt the words of the song somewhere. And I don't know if uh, those of you young ones know that song, but uh, let me let me say some of it uh, for you. It's it, uh, the song somewhere says there's a place for us somewhere 
a place for us. And it further says, um, there's a time for us, someday a time for us, time together with time to spare, time to look, time to care, someday, somewhere, we'll find a new way of living. We'll find a way of forgiving somewhere. They really felt it. It really resonated um, with me, with everything that was going on in our community in uh, Holo. Then fast forward to my 30s when I was already a working mother with two kids. And one of these songs, Sondheim's songs from the musical company was about ladies who lunch. Ladies who lunch, for those of you who are listening to us from the United States, is a phrase that originated in the U.S. describing rich, well-dressed women, mga socialite, who meet for luncheons usually during the working week. And these women are usually married and don't work. They spend their days shopping, going to spas, occasionally meeting to raise funds for charities, then more shopping. I love shopping, but I'm not a lady who lunches. So the song is about these intelligent women who are trapped in a golden cage and they know it. And since they can't break out of their cage, they meet for lunch and they drink a lot of alcohol. That song always made me think of all the women from my community in Sulu who had to bear the burden of armed conflict and poverty and how they would have loved to be women who lunch. You know, Sondheim will be missed. He was a genius lyricist who created complex and strong female characters who dealt with their burdens in different ways. Now, speaking about songs of women who suffer tremendous burdens, there are many now that celebrate strong women who overcome all. One of the oldest is by Aretha Franklin. It's called Respect. I think you've heard of it. R-E-S-P-C-T. Find out what it means to me. R-E-S-P-C-T. Take care. T-C-B. T-C-B means take care of business. And then, of course, for the younger ones, those who are 30s and under, there's the anthem for young women by Spice Girls. Who runs the world? Girls. So you've got all of these great songs. But the anthem that's usually uh, sung by women's groups is one called I Am Woman by Helen Reddy. And let me just say some of it for you. Huh? It says, I am woman, hear me roar in numbers too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend. And it, then it, further on, it says, oh, yes, I am wise, but it's wisdom born of pain. Yes, I paid the price, but look how much I gain. If I have to, I can do anything. I am strong. I am invincible. I am woman. And you know what? 
At no other time do we need those anthems of encouragement than today. There's the global pandemic that has created a situation increasing violence against women and girls in their own homes. There's the rise of misogynistic leaders who belittle women or even attack them. There's the rise of extremist groups like Taliban and Boko Haram who want to bring women back to the dark ages. And yet, our governments and the United Nations have committed to eliminating these kinds of thinking to eliminate violence against women and support women's equal status. Why? Not because men are being kind, but because study upon study have shown that society and economies prosper if women are engaged and their rights are respected. So there's this uh, 16-day global campaign that's supported by the United Nations. And uh, it started November 25 and lasted until December 10, a campaign to eliminate violence against women by 2030. You think we can make it? I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Orange the world was the slogan. Why orange? The color orange symbolizes a brighter future free of violence. Now with us today are two ladies who are most likely fans of Sondheim. One a poet, the other an acclaimed soprano. These are two women who work ladies who lunch. These are two Philippine lawyers. The first one is attorney Twyla Rubin or Chrissy Shafina Twyla Rubin and attorney Kay Balahadja Ligayu. Twyla is from Mindanao, like me. She was born in Malaybalay, Bukidnon. She graduated with a BA in English. Cum laude, whoa, from the University of the Philippines in Diliman. And she got her law degree from Bukidnon State University. She now heads the Commission on Human Rights Center for Gender Equality and Women's Human Rights. She is the poet. Let me quote some of uh, her words. She says, in printed words, I see myself labeled, defined, categorized. I defy. Tama, Twyla. They say the essence of my existence is this and that. I defy. I am. I speak. I write. I defy. That's Twyla. Now, attorney K. Balahadja Ligayu is also a graduate of UP. She graduated from the UP College of Law. She is a practitioner who handles cases of violence against women for her law practice. And she is also one of the leading lawyers in the University of the Philippines Women's Legal Center, or UP Willow C, on Vowsy cases. But Attorney K is so well known for her singing prowess. She is an acclaimed soprano. When I googled K, 
the first three pages was all about where she sang and what song she sang. And you know, so this is this is a remarkable woman. And perhaps maybe later we can ask her to sing one of the songs about women power. Welcome, Attorney Twyla and Attorney Kay. Twyla, you want to say hello to your fans? Hi, uh, I'm happy that you found my poem <laughs> from way back. And I still am doing defying and always defying for women's human rights. Good morning. Attorney Kay. Hello. Uh, every morning or afternoon. Magandang araw po sa inyong lahat. Good day to everyone, wherever you are in the world. And uh, I'm, uh, it is my pleasure and honor to be with you today. Baka mamaya Stephen Sondheim yung kakantayin ko para sa'yo, Atita. That's a great idea. So <laughs> welcome uh, to She Talks Peace. And let me just say that uh, our listeners, more than 70%, I think 76% are in the Philippines. But we're also being listened to in other ASEAN countries. We now have listeners in Nepal. We have a lot in the United States and Canada. We have uh, reached the Middle East and uh, North Africa. So they will be really greatly uh, interested in the topics we're discussing because in many of these countries, there's a rise of uh, violence uh, against women. So let me start with Attorney Twyla, who's with the Commission on Human Rights. What constitutes violence against women and gender-based violence? Is it just physical violence and abuse? So usually when we talk about violence, we always think that it's physical. Someone has to have a, a mark on the face. But actually gender-based violence goes beyond physical violence. And as defined, it is a form of violence that is directed against a person because of the person's gender. And most of these violence happen um, against women and girls because it is rooted in inequality and power relations and it encompasses threats of violence, uh, coercion. It also includes physical, sexual, psychological, and emotional violence. So it's really clear that when we talk about violence or gender-based violence against women and girls or boys or men, uh, we are talking about a whole range of acts of violence, including threats of those acts. And uh, globally and also domestically, we know that uh, violence happened primarily to women. And I think I could go to, the, uh, to some data on that where we still have one out of three women globally experience spousal violence. Uh, in the Philippines, domestically, our National Demographic Health Survey says that one out of four women experience spousal violence. Either it could be physical, psychological, sexual violence. So it's still very much prevalent. And of course, the data would even be more um, uh, daunting when we see what happened in the context of pandemic. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot worse because of the close proximity. So, Kay, um, you, you handle so many cases on uh, violence uh, against women and, and gender-based violence. How has it been uh, in in the past two years because of COVID, have you seen a uh, have you seen a spike in cases? Uh, what what kind of cases are you handling now? Well, right now our active cases involve um, 
uh, cases for the prosecution of abuses against children, uh, which Im includes sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, negligence even. No? And there's also a great, uh, a, a, a huge percentage in our cases involve um, violence against women in the home and also in the workplace you know uh, there's been a spike and unfortunately because of the pandemic reporting has been very difficult that's one of the challenges no um then uh, also another thing is reception as in on the part of the government from the barangay level uh, to the prosecutor to the lawyers even or to the courts no there has been a um a, 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 you know a disconnect in the reception there are some courts some prosecutors some barangays who can act quickly they know what to do and they protect the rights right away but in other places no i noticed that there are some places where they don't know what to do majority they actually try you know which is which is not allowed under the law to get them mm. into a room to speak to each other and try to resolve it so there's this still this concept na parang, since you belong to a family try to resolve it whether or mm. not there's a sexual harassment or mm -hmm. ra rape or abuse mm -hmm. involved they try to put them together and it is shocking to me that they actually do that because we know that under the law it's not allowed you cannot compromise these kinds of cases right so the challenge um or what we have noticed lately is that um the violence against women has spiked no uh, statistically yeah. but unfortunately a lot of this these are unreported one or number two if they are reported they remain unprosecuted okay because there's not enough evidence mm -hmm. or that uh, even if there is evidence it doesn't go through because the women do not seem to have the facility or the capacity to go ahead with the cases, you know. Mm. So, you see, um, we noticed that the psychological, emotional, mental abuse are two level, two levels, no? The first level is when it happens to you. You get abused and then you are psychologically, mentally, and emotionally abused, no? And then... When you testify or you're actually going to proceed with the prosecution, it's like reliving the abuse over and over again. Yeah, so double victim. Double victim talaga. And in, in many cases, unfortunately, uh, the insensitivity of, uh, let's say, the prosecution or, or some judges who would be insensitive to the plight of these women. So, you know, so uh, we also have to train the, the judiciary Naku, si Attorney Twyla, you have you have a lot of work ahead of you because it it looks it 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 looks like based on the the cases the victims don't know that it's against the law what they're suffering is against the law so so your center is going to require a lot to educate so how how's that coming along Twyla how's the educational process because you're saying what twenty five percent of of the cases are are violence against women. Actually, I'm just going through some of the data again. No? Uh, I agree with Attorney Kay that uh, a lot of incidents of violence are happening during the pandemic. However, it's largely unreported. And one of the things that we do in the center is to monitor cases of violence. And so we really compared the data from PNP from 2019 to 2020 just to see if, if it's really increasing the number of reports or if it's decreasing. And unfortunately, there is an alarming decrease of cases. Alarming because it means that it's happening 
Uh, NGOs are receiving calls of help for violence, but then the women are not filing directly either to the PNP. So the PNP data, I'm just going to see my notes, says that WAUSI, uh, comparing 2019 and 2020, or violence against women and children reports decreased by 27.45%. For rape cases, it decreased 17.1%. And for acts of lasciviousness, it, it decreased 23.03%. And for us, it is alarming because we see that a lot of uh, incidents are happening in a community because you are mm-hmm. in lockdown with your perpetrator, especially yeah. for intimate partner. And then we also receive complaints like what uh, Attorney Kay said about uh, policemen or women's death saying that just file your case after the quarantine period. Uh, prosecution offices are closed. Uh, it's a, and that discourages a lot of women. It's difficult to get medical legal examination because you're afraid mm. that you're you know, okay, you're getting you're COVID. COVID. So you would have to write it out or your concern primarily is mobility. Going to the barangay, uh, barangay to get a BPO would mean go, getting a tricycle during at the height of lockdown. Even that is not available. In one instance, in the commission, we had to provide a shelter for five GBV survivors. And we are not the SWD. Yeah. We are, we are our monitoring, right? And investigative. But we were at the point where we have we received requests for help and they can't go anywhere else because shelters were also in lockdown. And you are uh, and we understand that because they're also afraid that the three hundred people they have inside would be would contract COVID. So oh my goodness, 300 in the office in CHR? No, no not 300, the shelters. For example. Oh, the shelters. The shelters okay. would not risk getting one yeah, yeah. for admitting during the height of the lockdown. So we we admitted five gender-based violence uh, survivors and we pro- uh, arranged transport for them to get them to their provinces because during that time, you would need passes to get from one province or city to another. And so as a result of that, what we really did was to issue a statement and we entered into a joint memorandum circular with the ILG, Department of Interior and Local Government, saying that, you know, COVID response should ensure gender-responsive interventions. That means including what women needs, need, and particularly highlighting the need for prompt and, uh, prompt and survivor-centered uh, response to GBB. Because we saw that a lot of the complaints were uh, put aside as if it's not a priority, but it is a priority. In fact, gender-based violence is considered a shadow pandemic. It's happening within the pandemic and it's also claiming mm-hmm. a lot of lives. So we do agree that we have a lot to do. And so we always center GBB work in the work of the uh, commission as gender. It's one of its priorities. And, and later on, probably I'll share um, some of our initiatives and um, policy-wise, program-wise, and protection. But you know what? I noticed also, no, um, Twyla and Mina, that during the pandemic, there have been positive uh, aspects also. Oh, no, that's good to hear, Kay. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we noticed is because it's the pandemic, and for those tech-savvy judges and prosecutors, um, bilis, no? In fact, during the pandemic, we were so surprised that we were able to uh, finish a child abuse case in one year, right? Ah. Oh, in one year, and we got a conviction. Tapos, uh, we, 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 we concluded some family court cases in under one year. It's because yung, yung uh, video conferencing, you know, that's one thing that I, I appreciated during this pandemic. No? And, uh, and the, uh, the speed with which you're able to dispose the cases. But Kay, those, those are younger judges, right? 
Um, not all. Not, <laughs> not all. Really? No, that's, that's amazing. Not all. Uh, there are some judges of, uh, of uh, more senior judges who have educated themselves, you know, and um, uh, gotten onto the, the uh, being tech savvy and able to uh, utilize this particular platform in order to make a position of cases. The one thing that we found challenging, though, was the uh, presentation of evidence. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, The presentation of evidence, which involves marking of documents. Of course, mm-hmm. if you don't mark your evidence properly, if you don't submit it properly, it mm-hmm. does not get considered. So that's one of the things. But somehow, there are some tech-savvy clerks of court, which we appreciate very much. Yung mga staff na tech-savvy. Mm-hmm are able to do the marking even if we do it online. What do you mean by marking? Well, for the, the, when you present documentary evidence, for example, you present the medical legal, okay? Mm. Medical legal document, which is uh, one of the important pieces of evidence that you have to provide to the court. So the original has to be in the possession of the court. It has to be submitted to the court. No, but initially when you start the complaint, you have the original kasi. And normally uh, in face-to-face uh, court proceedings, you would mark it right there. Physically, lalagyan ng marka ng clerk of court or mamarkahan as you present it. But now, since you have the original document, then you only have a photocopy or then you would have to say, we have to have this provisionally marked. And of course, the original has to be transmitted marking has to be transferred before it can be admitted as part of your evidence. So yun yung isa sa mga challenges. And then the other challenge that I noticed was when you present witnesses, all right, um, the lag, for example, you're in court, no, and mm-hmm. there's something that is objectionable, okay, objectionable, and then you object, minsan late na dumarating, so nasabi na yung sagot, it becomes part of the record um, because nga of, of this, it's something that you can do in open court which is to object immediately to a statement to make sure that it doesn't get on the record. It happens now that since online kayo, it becomes part of the record. That's two. And then also, for face-to-face uh, court proceedings, you're able to observe the demeanor of the witnesses. Diba? So you're able to to see and uh, make sure na yung witnesses is li- witness is not lying or witness is telling the truth. Kanyan. Somehow, this is something that is not um, easily discernible when you do online video conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yung yung pag-discern ng ano. But on the other hand, yung close-up, nakitang-kita mo yung mukha nung nagtetestify, it also helps. Because somehow, being in focus makes it uh, less difficult to to fabricate statements or to make presentations, no? But the number one challenge is internet connection. Yeah, I know. But but um, but Kay, I guess it, once it gets to the court, it's too late. What especially during this pandemic, and what you really want to do is to stop this from ever happening, right? Yes, so yes. we go back to CHR and and government, Twila. So what? is it that that's being done by government we have passed laws we have supposedly pnp i mean um, women's desk in uh, pnp offices and yet it's rising so so what's uh, the commission on human rights doing for uh, prevention an ounce of prevention is always better than uh, a pound of of cure yeah 
one of the things that we started in uh, 2018 with the support of ACID for Talesa is the conduct or we created our gender-based violence observatory. It's really a compilation a website that um, uh, is a platform uh, compiling all works, research on gender-based violence. But what is more important for us on the GBBO is what it asks our regional offices to do. We started a program, we call it the Gender-Based Violence Mapping of Legal Referral Mechanisms. And it's easier to do this at the national level when you have all the agencies together and you discuss the gaps of the law, how the referral system is not working, etc. But we see that it's always important to start at the community level. Oh, yeah. So what we did is to order direct our regional offices to conduct. If you have five municipalities in your region, you have to target at least one or two every year and conduct dialogues with those municipalities. Because I think it's important to see how each municipality or LG is working or not working because they have different experiences. You would have one city was with very active interagency mechanism on VAW, and that means they're working, they have a shelter, they have good relationship with the police. So we see the mapping as a chance to work locally and create dialogues with referral mechanisms. So there are FGDs, two FGDs per mapping, one with the LGU, together with the uh, the OG, with the prosecutor's office, PNP, the Barangay Valdez, etc. They discuss what how they gather data on VAW, what are their gaps, what are their cases, what are their recommendations, what kind of training they still need, and a lot of the <laughs> the realization is that a lot of still require training. So it's always a wonder for me, na parang we've been at it for two since 2004, and still yep. the recommendation is still we want more training. And because uh, at the barangay level, uh, barangay Valdez officers change from time to time. It's also politicized at some point, so they would still require training. And the other flip side of the FGD, since it's one with referral mechanism, the other is with community women. And it's good because uh, the government is not there. So they get to air out whatever the complaints that they have in case of gender-based violence. And from this kind of mapping, there's a document produced by the commission and it's very localized. And from there, they would plan what are the interventions that they would do with that LGU. Either they conduct another research, a training on VAW, a partnership. So, for example, in our area in Region 12, they did it in Patikol and another area, I think. And it really resulted in some other activities and programs with the LGU. They realized that there's a um, very marked increase of teenage pregnancy. So, they conducted a training on teenage pregnancy. Uh, so they realized that shelter is important, so they work and supported shelter uh, with uh, the LGU. So that's one of our programs. It's continuing. Um, in 2019, two LGUs, we required them to do. In During the pandemic, just one. This year, just one. And we also have our gender umbud partnership institutions where we require our regional offices to have MOUs with legal aid uh, practitioners. So they contact IDPs in their region and have an MOU so that they will be able to provide uh, legal aid services for those who will be needing services in cases of gender-based violence. I think there were already for this year five MOUs with IDPs and some with academic institutions. We're hoping to continue that because really CHR cannot absorb oh, yeah. all, the, all the need yeah. for legal advice. We need partners like Willusi. I think we can also yeah. hire Lucy and um. And we have regional offices looking for partners because only few of them were able to get partners this year. Actually, 
We Lucy has this program. Um, you have We Lucy, and yes. they have members all over the country. Right. And we have this desperate need to educate. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. People, especially young girls and, and women, that they have rights. It's not the case of that musical where you say, as long as she needs me, you're being beaten to death, but then you still tell the world, as long as he needs me, this is where I must be. Oh, come on, give me a break. Right. So what kind of relationship is CHR having with UP Willow C and, and other uh, women's networks for educating? Because that seems to be where the, the huge block is. So what are you doing, Kay? Are you working with CHR yeah. on this? Actually, the UP Women Lawyer Circle has a, uh, a free legal aid program that is specifically for abused women and children. So the, the members of the Willacy volunteer and represent these women and children in the filing of the complaints and in the prosecution of their abusers. No, um, The Women Lawyer Circle is also partnered with um, the Philippine Commission on Women. Okay. In fact, this morning, as for what else is this doing, there are regular training sessions, regular webinars that are conducted by the members of the Willowsy, our experts on on uh, uh, the Vowsi law and uh, sexual harassment in the works, mm. workplace and other laws. No? Merong regular webinars na kinoconduct ang Willowsy. In fact, we just finished one this morning. And um, so whatever it is that is needed in a particular area, may magre-request na barangay for example, na magkaroon ng lecture about uh, the sexual harassment law, Willowsy does that. Okay, and then cases come in and they need assistance and, and Willacy also does that. But uh, there's one program of the UP Women Lawyers Circle that is also geared towards um, helping the inmates, the female inmates, no, uh, those who have been detained for so long, because this is also a form of abuse against mm. women. No, They are, they've been detained for so long, they should have been released and the only reason they cannot be released is because they don't have any legal representation. So as this is one very concrete program that the Willacy is doing to secure the release of the women who have been detained uh, just because they don't have any legal counsel. So, marami na rin na na ganyan. So, in terms of what Willis is doing, yes, we partner with agencies. We partner with... Um, there. There's a program with the Commission on Human Rights, particularly this one. I don't know, Attorney Twilight, for the... For the decongestion, the jail decongestion. Yeah. Yes, the jail decongestion program of... Um, the Women Lawyer Circle is in partnership with the Commission on Human Rights. Kasi nga yung, uh, particularly yung mga babae na, well, 
ang haba ng pila. I don't know if you've yeah, seen yeah. that, mm-hmm. Attorney Twyla, yung haba ng pila na kailangan ng lumabas and the only reason hindi sila makalabas is wala magpa-process ng papers nila. So those are the programs that are being carried out in partnership with different agencies. There was a survey that was conducted, I think, by the Commission on Human Rights. Oh, I think this was the time of Chair Eta uh, Rosales. And they did, they did one on the Muslim women who were detained, huh? not imprisoned, detained, because their husbands or brothers or fathers were um, picked up as uh, terrorists. And these women who were detained had been there for years and not uh, they, they, they haven't been found guilty or anything. They're just they're just there. Twyla, what, what happens with with uh, cases like this? Because Kay is right. That's that's also a kind of violence against women, right? Actually, that's uh, for us in the commission in 2019, we also had another program. We called it Inside Stories. It's also, mahilig kami sa FGD. We always like FGDs because it's more intimate and you get to hear the stories and concerns of women. So we also had FGDs with mm-hmm. women in detention, women deprived of liberty. And uh, just like what Attorney Kay said, a lot of them, their primary number one issue is access to justice. Yes. And we had separate uh, FGDs with LDTs, lesbian, bisexual, transgender women mm-hmm. in detention, another for elderly women and another for women of the productive age. And the things that we were able to gather with those FGDs, we see that there's a lot of these for hygiene kits, but for elderly women, it's for medicine, for their maintenance of medicines. And uh, for access to justice, there are concerns of elderly women that their cases are pending, they're very old, they said that they're going to die there, and they mm-hmm. haven't seen their PAU lawyer. And this yes. this happened before the pandemic. And you can just right. imagine, because when we did our pandemic survey with them, this one in writing with mm-hmm. a political prisoner organization, Kapatid, uh, they said that they were only given the chance to talk to their relatives five minutes uh, through the internet. So it's more difficult um, to contact the outside world and also your lawyers. And so it's good that the, our prevention office is partnering with organizations like Lucy in order to fast track that. And it's also part of our mandate as CHR to visit places of detention, to monitor. And I think we can do more in terms of addressing what Attorney uh, Kay said in terms of fast tracking, especially cases na uh, ready for release but just needing some papers to push. <laughs> And it's very important that if you compile it means that there are a lot of services. And women is just a small part of the prison population. You still right. have women who are 80% right. in prison and also experiencing that kind of issue. So it's also one of the things that we have to do and work more in our prevention cluster. Because definitely, um, even the UN would say that's already cruel and degrading treatment when you have prolonged detention like that without access to justice or if you have very, um, when basic uh, needs are not provided. You know, last night, um, because because of uh, the time difference, it's uh, 9.30 New York and it's already 10.30 p.m. in the Philippines. So it was part of this small round table with uh, one of the UN um, uh, Secretary Generals we're looking at counterterrorism, prevention of violent extremism. And the people who were with me at that small round table, uh, a couple were from Africa, uh, a couple were from South Asia, and a couple were from uh, the Middle East. 
and everybody really talked about how COVID is impacting uh, the situation of women and how uh, well rising uh, number of cases of uh, violence against women, gender-based uh, violence. I mean, you still have Boko Haram running around. You have got uh, the Taliban uh, now in power in um, in Afghanistan. The Philippines has always you know, been proud of the fact that uh, our laws support women. Uh, we've had some negative uh, language about women in the last few years. So I'm going to ask that the two of you, uh, has the Philippines improved at all in eliminating or reducing violence against women and gender-based uh, violence, including uh, in areas of conflict or fail? So you, you, let's, let's um, grade Let's start with the private sector. Let's ask Kay first. <laughs> um, I would give it a... Pwede bang sabihing work in progress? <laughs> Kasi, you know what? Uh, the, one, of the, one of the indicators no, is yung ating uh, violence against women and children mm. na batas, okay? which was... Uh, na implemento 2004 or 2005 so it's it's a relatively relatively young law no yes. but you have seen progress and the indicators of the progress can be seen in jurisprudence okay and it's a, it's a personal practice na rin namin nakikita namin na it works all right but um andun pa rin na yung pagmamanipula ng batas okay? the law mm. is also being utilized to get revenge to uh to get money on it mm. Parang, oh to get revenge to get money to coerce no mm-hmm. so what you you thinking what's wrong with that diba? because vowsi uh, is supposed to cover support for the child the vowsi is supposed to cover vindication for the woman vowsi is supposed to make sure that the person who abuses is is made accountable for the mm-hmm. abuse and vowsi is supposed to be in place for the prevention of future abuses so parang yun yung four purposes niya unfortunately it's also being used in other ways no so personally we have various cases where uh an aggrieved woman who has been dumped by uh her boyfriend or mm-hmm. her, uh, would would file a case and it's so sad that it progresses. No, it it goes to to the to the motions eventually to be dismissed, but it still goes through the motions. Oh, right? revenge! No, uh-uh. revenge, revenge, uh-huh. or it's being used to retaliate, or it's being used to let's say, I want the property of this person of my husband. Na ibigay sa akin, you're not entitled to it. Mm-hmm. I will file a vowsy case against you, or. The children are being used as pawns. Mm. Okay, I will not allow you to visit the children unless you give me 10 million pesos or something like that. So, in in a sense, I believe that there has been progress and it's still a work in progress. I would say it is a... Pasang awa muna. <laughs> oh, for our listeners, what do you, what what is pasang awa? Pasang <laughs> awa. Right. Gentleman's U- grade. Sa <laughs> uh, UP, sa UP, pag sinabing pasang awa ka, parang naawa na lang yung professor sa'yo. Kaya bibigyan ka niya ng passing grade. So that would be a tres. 
All right, tres. In UP law, barely passing. Three W ang tawag namin. Three with wings. Okay. So, <laughs> very specific lang sa UP law yan na parang, yeah. pero may warning yun na kapag ikaw ay yeah. nagmabuti and you get the same professor, babagsak ka niya. So, yeah, you have, to do, say, you have to do oh, a, lot, uh, a lot better. Oh, so, in, in terms of ano, in terms of implementation, I would say yes, pasang awa. But in terms of the awareness, all right, I believe that that would be a pass because mm. more women and more children, um, the government agencies been conducting government agencies have, have been conducting training. No, so what you would not have seen before, where barangay captains can actually or empowered to issue a barangay protective order, barangay mm-hmm. protection order, that would not have been, you would not have been, you would not have been possible years and years ago, diba? Or mm-hmm. a temporary protection order, kahit na valid lang siya for 30 days, that has a, a, a huge effect on the confidence and, and the sense of worth of a woman mm-hmm. to receive something like that. Because yeah. from feeling useless and worthless and not yes. being able to do something, they get something like that. So in terms of, of, of in that sense, there is progress already because more people are aware, more women are aware, and there is this cooperation between private sectors and the government sector, which for me is an indication of progress. Yeah. So so Attorney Twyla is a pass. The She's commission, a pass. the Commission on Human Rights passes, not with <laughs> wings, but. Passes. Passes. Attorney Twyla, what's what's your what's your assessment? How are we doing? I, I think in terms of laws, you would say that we are we've progressed a lot. We've passed a lot of laws. So in terms of for CDOS, uh the URA protection, we're okay. Uh, and that's a pass. But when it comes to the factor enjoyment of mm. the promises of the law, I think yeah. we're really failing. And I would see the assessment of the law and uh, when we talk about gender-based violence, I have to look into the most vulnerable and marginalized experience. Yes. So yes. for as long as the most vulnerable and marginalized experience does not show access to justice and would show still persistent barriers, I'd say we are not doing enough. Filipino sign language interpreters in courts, police stations, uh, hospitals are still unavailable and they cannot even progress as yet, even crafting a report in the in the PNP is very difficult and easily their cases gets dismissed. So that for me is a lot of work uh, to do. And I think in the NDHS of 2017, uh, data is still telling uh, of how far we still need to go. Um, only one third of women still report if they experience violence. 40% of women remain silent. So there's still a culture of silence. And what is mm. sad for me is the 11% of women who still believe that they their husbands are justified in beating them. As when long work. as you need me. Yeah, because they said that the <laughs> 11%, their just husbands are justified if they were yes, yes. food, they, they yes. neglect the children. So I think for yeah. me, cultural parent, we still have to work to do in terms of awareness, Education. Raising, empowering mm. women, because even if the law is not there, if the law is there, if women do not believe that they are entitled to that and it's a violence against them, they would still not access that. And as long as the support systems are not there, policy is good. It has protection orders, but it does not have financial assistance that 
to tide women over while they're filing cases. It's good if you're mayaman, but if you're if you're not, ano, if you're from the grassroots, it's really difficult to choose uh, to buy rice or to pursue a case. To be absent for one day and lose your minimum wage for that day, even if you have vowsy leave, because you don't want to be perceived as a vowsy victim. So those are still persistent challenges, and I think it's good that Philippine Commission on Women. Um, leading the interagency against Bao is conducting mm-hmm. a research. And I think lawyers like Willowsy should be part of that research. Oh, definitely. Uh, the research is going to assess the, the effectivity implementation of 9262 since 2004. And um, in, the, in many ways, it, it, they will include practitioners who've been using the law to access justice. And it will also include those who are vulnerable and marginalized and what are the continuing gaps. Another service that we see is a continuing gap is psychosocial support. Uh, it's in the law. Uh, a lot is in the law. A lot but is in the law, right? It's very well thought of law. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but if you look at how these are available, um, very much that we still have to do. And insensitivity of service providers is real. Uh, the moment that you experience the kind of judgment, the kind of attitude that you get from service providers, you would step out. And the courage that you mustered just to get mm. to the police station, is oh, it's yeah. Kasi yeah. you were already insulted, you're already victim blamed. And right, it's still happening. Right. So we still continue to engage with PNP, by the way. We, we currently, we're just finishing a training with them on survivor-centered approach mm-hmm. uh, for women victims of gender-based violence because it has to be a continued engagement. We have to have partners from all sides. Mm-hmm. So ounce of prevention, really. That, that, that's, what, that's what we really, really need because we don't have enough resources to populate all of the provinces and, and cities with uh, agencies, government agencies that, that will make sure that this is being implemented, the laws are being implemented properly. Before we ask Attorney Kate to sing us a song of women power, <laughs> may I ask uh, Twyla and then Kay, you know, because uh, there are a lot of young men listening to us um, on, on She Talks Peace. How can young men... How can boys contribute to helping us eliminate violence against women and uh, gender-based uh, violence? Let's start with uh, Twyla. And Kay is going to have the last word because she's going to sing. <laughs> Just to start with that question, my favorite article in CEDAW, or the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, is Article 5. And it requires states to eliminate or transform harmful mm-hmm. cultural and social uh, no, stereotypes no, of women and men. And I think it's a continuing work and it is something that we should do. And it means that we have to engage men, boys, women and girls to mm-hmm. really scrutinize no, our expectations, our roles for women, men, boys and girls. And to eliminate those that are harmful and to see that all of us deserve respect. And should claim that respect. And boys are part of this. Uh, we should all treat each other as equal. Not to see gender-based violence as normal. And to speak out whenever we see gender-based violence. Because these harmful stereotypes, gender stereotypes, does not harm women only or girls only. It also right. harms men. There's an expectation of being always macho. Always right. be able to provide for everything. No, you don't have to. Yeah conform to that you can be vulnerable you can cry and not be ashamed about it you mm-hmm. can care about your mother you can do care work and not be ashamed about it 
you can speak against violence against macho culture and that's all right because we are aiming for a gender equal world and you are part of that gender equal world. so that's for us from the commission and human rights thank you twila you're going to love my sons yes my youngest son cooks while his sister uh, looks at her legal briefs so <laughs> they're sensitive young young people so attorney k well uh for me it starts in the home i know uh, how can you do that home and your closest friends closest relatives since you mentioned about your son already i'd like to mention that in our house you know where we we set the example my husband cooks does the laundry i can do the same thing he takes care of the kids i also take care of the kids and so my my kids see that and they realize i do not emphasize discrimination against women or just violence against women i also explain to them that there will be times and it also happens that there is also harm being done to the to the men okay mm. to the boys and so what we're talking about is gender equality mm-hmm. so we emphasize and we have to change the mindset like in the philippines and from experience in our cases if there is a case and you're on the defense you see that there seems to be an automatic judgment against the accused who is male okay even before evidence has been presented you have that sense that because he is male he is capable of hurting for mm. sure he has committed abuse so we have to disabuse ourselves of this notion that just because they are male that they they, they have committed or that they've been prejudged already based right. on gender because this goes against the very principle that we are fighting for gender equality and to prevent gender based violence so i guess for me for the filipino culture filipino practice the same thing with the torni twila we have to disabuse ourselves of this notion get rid of that macho culture mm-hmm. macho culture goes both ways you know you're you're male you can take it right we hurt you you can take it. it it shouldn't be like that okay so either way there should be protection for men and for women for girls and for boys okay so boys men you heard the girls and and the women so let's uh, we better start working together now let's listen to attorney k serious okay we're serious ah uh, serious but tayo talaga okay yes. I, i have to pause this for a bit this is not ano ah this is not a um a song that is i know you requested i am woman <laughs> i hear more but i think you know this um uh this the song you you mentioned earlier somewhere by stephen sondheim yes. It's one of my favorite songs. Yes, it's a beautiful song. And it's always been uh, one of the songs that, you know, it resonates with with people who have a goal, a dream, an objective and they can't seem to get to it because there are so many roadblocks, so many uh difficulties along the way. And sometimes mm-hmm. those difficulties, remember West Side Story, it's about mm. uh, how their own families have prevented yes. them from being yes. together, diba? So we we get that sense that we are prevented from achieving our dreams sometimes by those closest to us so maybe somewhere there's a place for us diba all right i will pause this for a bit and i will get into my minus one so i can sing for you okie dokie can you hear me yes there's a place for us Oh uh-huh. 
I, I, I didn't want I didn't want to show my face kasi alam mo pag kumakanta ko it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> pag ganito ka close up and yeah and then that song is really um it moves you know yeah so, so right after that uh, right after that that song we're going to uh, say our farewells and our messages of uh, encouragement to our listeners that was really an amazing song and a perfect way to close this uh, this segment of uh, of our discussion but this is not an end to the discussion about eliminating uh, or at least reducing violence against women discrimination against women so now may i ask attorney twyla rubin and also attorney k balahadja to give us some words of wisdom, some encouragement for all of the listeners uh, we have today, both the young men and the young women and the senior men and senior women who are listening to us today. So Twyla, what are, what's your message? So um, thank you for listening for today's podcast. And I also would like to mention John, uh, our campaign in the Commission on Human Rights, we call it Right the Right. I'm actually in a GP right now, Zoom background. Uh, it goes to show that in all spaces, we have to campaign for the elimination of all forms of violence against women. We have to resist this sexism and misogyny. So the Right the Right campaign actually targets, you know, um, works with jeepney drivers. We work with the union of jeepney drivers in eliminating changing sexist signs like ang sexy sa driver tumabi. <laughs> you sit with the driver. We transform it, for example, into the real sexy is one who respects everybody. And these are messages that are accessible, easily understandable because gender-based violence work 
women's human rights work, you have to translate it to a language that community understands and that all people would understand so that they would be on board that this is something that's important in their lives, important in our lives. And so for, uh, for me, from the set, for, the set, for the Center for Gender Equality Women's Human Rights, uh, I always end with this, with this saying that every space is a space of resistance and every space is a space of empowerment be it in our own personal relationship, in our home, in our workplace, in our community. Uh, resist uh, all forms of gender violence, resist all forms of misogyny, speak out, because every time you speak out, you inspire others to speak out. And let us make our spaces a space of empowerment and not a space of inequality. So thank you for inviting us here. Thanks, Twyla. Attorney Kay, your message. Thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast and thank you for for the uh, information and for the campaign from the Commission on Human Rights. Now, my message for everyone is we have a long way to go. Okay, We are a work in progress as far as establishing or making gender equality a goal for each and every Filipino. Okay? A goal for each and every Filipino to prevent and to continue to report gender-based violence. Okay, there, there is a campaign that is an 18-day campaign to end uh, violence against women. But violence against women, sexual harassment happens every day. One in three women get abused every day. One in three girls get abused every day. So that effort to eliminate violence against women and children also has to be an effort that is done every day. How do we do this? Knowledge is power. So when we are aware of what the laws are, what our rights are, where we can go, who we can approach, or how we can continue to protect the rights of our women and children, then we are able to establish the first step or take the 50% step to actually accomplish eliminating violence against women. So it has to be a joint effort between the men and the women. It is not something that only women have to prevent, but it also is something that has to be prevented by men. So thank you. Maraming salamat, Attorney Kay. It has been really great having a poet and a, and a singer uh, join us for this, uh, this uh, crucial talk about violence against women. And um, I agree with, with both of you, Pasangawa. Uh, we, we fail in some, we succeed in others. But I think at the end of the day, it's really in the prevention aspect that we have to try so hard. And there, uh, going back to what we have uh, mentioned earlier, the need for the family. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. To be the start of the education process is so important. So... Twyla K, we go back to, to Sondheim, his song, right? Children, listen, be careful of the things you do. Be careful of the things you say, because children listen. And with that, that to all of our 
listeners out there. Thank you so much. Take care of your young girls, of your sisters, your mothers, your grandmothers, your aunts, because women matter. The world will not be complete without the women in your life. So this is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, thanking you for listening to She Talks Peace. And see you again very soon. Bye. 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 She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.